It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, this is Jason uh, from The Table. Welcome to the next episode. Uh, excited about today as we continue our conversation on set lists. Uh, kind of a weird, like just to continue our conversation on writing set lists, but we're excited about this, uh, this whole month as we talk about uh, just different ways and different aspects. And I am joined by Brett Perkins from Journey Worship Code. Je- Brett, how's it going? I'm all right. It's good to be here. Ah, thanks for hanging out today. Yeah. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited about this conversation and what we're going to kind of dive into. But before we do that, um, can you tell us about you? Tell us about all things Brett. I can. I'll try. I'll I'll try to be brief. And if I were in front of my team, they would say that's not possible. But I'll be I'll try. <laughs> um, I'm Brett Perkins. I'm a worship pastor at the Journey Church in Lebanon. I have a wife who we just uh, we just celebrated 10 years last month. Uh, she's pregnant with our fourth kid. I have three boys at home. One is six. He just turned six. Uh, the other two are, uh, three and two. And so we just, we're a walking circus at home, all boys. And they is, are all boy. Is, is, baby I mean, four, is baby number four boy also? We don't know. We'll know, oh. uh, October 11th. So whenever this thing drops, if it's before October 11th, we don't know if it's after October 11th, then you'll find it on social media. What we're having, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm worship pastor, husband and a dad. It's what I do. And that's basically, uh, yeah, it's just, that's me. That's Brett. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, hey yeah. simple's good. I mean, you just keep it right there. That's a, I, that's a I great... feel like that's a simple definition of who I am, but I feel like the life is so much more than that. And, uh, but it's exciting. It's all of it. I love it. I love, I love my life. I love what I get to be a part of. So how long, how long have you been at the journey church? I've been at the journey for uh, six and a half years, moved here to be a part of the worship uh, puzzle that, that it was when I got here, um, but became a pastor here. Uh, and yeah, six and a half years is, is my journey here. I yeah. served at a church prior to this uh, just as a student worship leader. And so it was quite quite interesting going from leading the students to leading their parents. Um, but that was a fun, a fun thing to figure out. And I still, I feel like in some ways I'm still figuring it out. Um, but yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're going to, well, this t- today we're talking about set lists and yeah. one of those things we do every week, like we, we write them and, uh, I think a lot of us could do it in our sleep if we were not careful and not, you know, kind of not being intentional about the process. Right. Um, First question for you, which is kind of like a basic question, I think, but like, wh- why do we write set lists? What is, in your opinion, like, wh- why do we even, why do we even do it? What's kind of your thoughts on that? Why do we write set lists? Um, well, I think 
I think in writing any kind of list, you're, uh, you're prioritizing things that matter. You know, think about like when you go to the grocery store, you write a list of things that you need. Um, and it keeps you on track. And, um, I think when we gather with the body of Christ, we, we're, we're really reciting and rehearsing the things that matter. We're, we're realigning ourselves with truths that, that we prioritize in our lives. And so when we write set lists, our set list should reflect what we believe. And I think there's something about rehearsing and repetition that just instills in our minds um, this this truth that we should that we should hold hold to. And so, uh, I, I mean, I think for me, when I, when I'm writing a set list, I try to I try to prioritize uh, key truths that we as believers should cling to and, um, and, uh, yeah. And just trust that that's, that's, that it's a transformative work that we're, uh, embarking on when we do it. Yeah. Echoing that, what you said there about writing the set list for what we believe. And, um, I, I guess lead a lot at places and, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to sing a song at a church. I'm like, I don't think you actually believe what's written in here. This is not, <laughs> this is uh. you like it because it's catchy or you like it because it's, you know, one of the top 100 songs or whatever, but you don't, you may, you got to make sure that your theology is so important and writing yeah. a set list and cause there's so much in today's world and, um, and you just got to, yeah, echoing what you believe. I, it's such a good, such a good, such a good point. Um, mm. what are, what are you thinking about when you write a set list? So like, meaning like each week you kind of sit down and write a set list what is something that's like on the forefront of your mind when you're when you're sitting down to do that yeah um you know a lot of people when they're when they're writing set lists they'll try to be thematic based on what the pastor's preaching and i think that's okay um for me when i got to the church this is this is gonna be a long answer go for it when i when i got to the church um a pastor said brett we some people would say that our church doesn't sing. Um, but what I want you to embody is I want you to shift the question and, and make it a statement, but make it a challenge. Uh, we haven't led our people to sing Ooh. is what I want is what I want you to feel. And I was like, well, I, at first I didn't like that because I hadn't been the leader. And so I didn't want to say like, I hadn't led them to sing cause I hadn't let them do anything. Um, <laughs> Yep. But it was really good. It was a really good challenge for me to to me to for me to figure out. Um, and I think in some ways we're still we're still working through it. But what we realized was like it it made us consider what is it what is it that our people are actually responding to. Um, and so over time, I won't I won't take you through the whole process. But over time, we just realized worship is a response to truth. Truth is found in the Word of God. And if that's the case, then it's my responsibility then to just present truth for our people to respond to. And, um, you know, people are, people are bringing in so much to the table, um, whether it's inadequacies or, uh, failures or, um, losses or struggles or whatever. And I think our job is to present the one narrative that contradicts all other narratives that people bring in with them. And that is the gospel. And so if that's the case, 
then what's the, the hinge point of the gospel? Well, it's the fact that there was this man named Jesus who lived uh, a perfect life and became a sacrifice for us and accomplished something that we couldn't accomplish, which is right standing with God. And so the forefront of my mind in every set is it has to be the gospel and it has to be that Jesus died and he rose again. I think that's what we have to, you can either start there or you can get there or um, that, I think that has to be kind of like the, the pinnacle of every, every set um, in my mind, because that's the one thing that separates us and what we believe in from anyone else that believes in anything else. It's the fact that, Jesus died and rose again. So the gospel, I think, has to be the the main um, concern in our sets. And if your pastor's preaching from the Bible, then that that creates a filter for everything to then be uh, preached from. If he's preaching on faithfulness or commitment or even finances or sacrifice, everything everything that we preach and everything that shapes us is exemplified in Christ and in the sacrifice that he, that he, um, gave for us. And so I think, I think if we, if we think more gospel centered in our sets and try to, we want to be accurate representatives of the word so that we can create accurate responders to it. Um, so I, I think the gospel has to be central. I mean, in all reality, isn't that the, isn't that the, uh, separation between uh, leading worship and being a cover band. I mean, uh, yeah. If, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, I mean, I'm a cover band or I'm I'm leading worship. There's like, in all reality, we're cover. I mean, most of us are covering other people's music, and so yeah. it's like, what is the what is the the difference between the two? And the difference here is is the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. I just know that there's nothing that I can do or that I can contribute. Um, that'll actually lead people to worship and spirit and truth. I think that I can create a bunch of idolatry. I I think I'm really good at that. And I can do that in the absence of truth. Worship, worship in the absence of truth, I think produces idolatry. But when the word of Christ dwells among us richly, I think, I think gratitude is the response and, and worship is what happens, but, but it, it requires the word and it requires a knowledge of the gospel and how to articulate it, I think. Um, but even, even just thinking through it, you know, like if, if someone's like, well, I don't know a lot of the word and I'm, I'm not like a black belt at the gospel presentation, you don't have to be um, just pick songs that make sense that, that articulate Christ uh, in a accurate way. And um, I think that you'll, you'll be on a good path. <laughs> A black belt and presenting the gospel that was amazing uh you guys now you guys write songs at, at for, for your church yeah and at your church what would you say to the worship leader that wants to write songs and put them in their set list um i think sometimes there's like this fear of like you know not becoming like a not showy or whatever or like like doing doing your own thing on sunday morning but like how do you what would you say to that person and also when you do that, how do you kind of introduce um, originals on Sundays? Is it, uh, do you guys make a big deal about it or is your church just kind of, I mean, know that you guys are doing a lot of writing? That was a lot of questions in one, but like, what are your yeah. thoughts? Well, yeah, let me tell you the origins of Journey Worship Co. Um, when 2020 hit, 
Um, and and this will help explain, I think, yeah. a little bit more. Yep. When twenty twenty hit, everything shut down, obviously, and it gave it gave us, uh, as it did all other churches, a good um, season to just assess what our ministry looks like from top to bottom at our church, you know, for worship to kids, to students, to even our systems and processes, everything. And one of the things that we realized was by and large, the songs that were resourcing the church, uh, it seemed like content was being sacrificed at the altar of creativity. So there was a ton of songs that, uh, were like hot songs that people would consider that were really creative, but they were very ambiguous about a God who had made himself clear in scripture. And so um, I think that it, it's destructive in to a degree uh, to have songs that are lofty and, and ambiguous and, and uh, creative in that lane, but don't have the clarity to support it. Um, because then God can be just kind of whoever you interpret him to be when that's just really dangerous. And so we thought, you know, we could, we could critique that from the sidelines and take to Twitter as a lot of people tend to do when they disagree with things and we could be keyboard warriors. We could do that. Or we could, we could do the hard thing and actually try to be the need that we saw and so the origins of our of Journey Worship Co. and us writing songs was to fight for truth and clarity in a beautiful way uh, for our people inside our walls. Um, and then whenever we decided we wanted to put songs out, um, the name came because Journey was already taken by this band back in the day. Uh, and so we were like, you know what, we'll just we'll be Journey Worship Co. instead. So, <laughs> um, but as far as your question goes. Um, what would I say to the worship leader um, that wants to write the songs and put them in their sets? Um, I, I think, I think the most untapped resource of the church is, is the people in your seats. Amen. And I think that there's something to be said about um, pairing the gospel with the language that you speak in your context and you know your people better than anybody. And so if you're writing songs for the sole purpose of articulating the word clearly um, to your people, then I, I, I would say write a song and, and sing it to your people. I mean, for us, we used um, these things called green room sessions. I know we were talking a little bit before we hit record about, about that. Yep. Um, and, and what we did was we would record an acoustic version of the song and put it to a video. And we, and um, you know, it was still in 2020. So there was, there was still this like home worship thing that was happening. And so we put words to it and, and we use that as a resource for our people to one uh, learn the songs uh, and, and get acquainted with them. But two, they were able to use it in their family worship times at home because it had words on it, the lyrics on it. And so that was just, it was a way for us to, to introduce the songs. We would post about it prior to our gatherings and say like, Hey, we're going to teach you a new journey worship co song this week. Um, and by God's grace, uh, 
there was no one who was like, oh, this song's terrible. Like our people actually connected to them. But I think it was because we wrote with them in mind. You know, we yeah. were we were writing to be clear and truthful. And we wanted to match beauty with the beauty of the truth. You know, we wanted to match the beauty of the sound for that to be as compelling as the truths were from the scriptures. Um, but we were writing with people in mind from our congregation. And so um, I think, I think sometimes people are like, well, what's, what's the approach for us? We just had to get to a place where we were like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but, but let's get together and write and then just introduce it. You don't want to introduce, you know, if you've got a set list of three on the front end of your service, you don't want to introduce all three songs uh, that are brand new because it doesn't need to be a class necessarily for your people. Like, I think you need to use wisdom in like if you're going to introduce a brand new song, treat it like a brand new song that they don't know anyway. And then, you know, pair it with a a hymn or another couple of songs that are really familiar. Um, but take time to explain it, like take take time to read scripture to set it up and say like, this is the heart behind the song. Um, but also you can use social media in a way to, to engage or teach a chorus prior to service or whatever. I mean, I think there's just lots of different ways that you can engage people and, and get the song in front of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much in there. I love this. Um, your, I love, I love the social media approach because I mean, it's a tool we don't, we have now that we can use uh, interesting with uh the total sidetrack but interesting with uh queen elizabeth's death the last in the last week um king the king charles this is the first time the proclamation of king has ever been on broadcast television because Mm -hmm. it was such a long time it's it's been 70 years since the last time somebody became king or queen that they made a point of saying this was the first time ever that this has been on television and i thought i was like wait a minute oh it's because it didn't exist when yeah. it happened last time and we live in a time now where it's like we're so connected online it's like how do you how do you use that in a way that can connect on a connect with um connect with people ahead of time and i think that's i love i love using that you know we so you guys weren't writing or doing this prior to prior to covid this was no. like a, the covid kind of sparked this in you guys is what kind of got out of you yeah so i mean i was i was traveling with my own band for about t- 10 years and I had my own personal stuff um, that I was writing and I I was a part of some writing communities around Nashville here in Tennessee. Um, but I just, I hadn't tapped into the, um, the unused resources that were our people. And, um, and I just got convicted about it. Um, when we started seeing the, the gap that there was with rich uh, songs that that meant something and that were also beautiful versus songs that were just like super creative and super fun, but but almost superficial yep. <laughs> in, in what they were presenting. Um, when we got all really convicted about that, we um, we just did an all call to our team. I casted some vision and was like, look, this doesn't exist yet. Um, but I believe that it can, and I think it can exist in you guys. It's just going to require a little bit of effort. And, um, and so we did this all call with, with our team and we did this really scary thing where we, we invited some pastors on our staff to actually sit in the rooms 
and um, help us write these songs. And I only say that's scary because I've talked to some writers and they're like, I cannot believe that you had your pastor sit in. <laughs> but but here's here's the heart. Here's the heart behind it. Um, we felt like the need that we were meeting was uh, was a a theology need yeah. in songs. And if that's the case, then I wanted I wanted the people who who were gatekeepers of our theology to influence these songs. And we we do we actually do have some pretty creative pastors. Our our lead lead pastor and then our next gen pastor. They I, I think the one thing that pastors do have is they have the ability to start a thought, break down the thought, and land the plane. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and this really cool thing happened. We were able to like beautify some of these ideas from our pastors all the while having our pastors in the room they were discipling my team awesome. spending spending three hours articulating the things of god together i mean like that that was so unifying and edifying to our team in such an incredible way i love it i think uh on the flip side creatives start a thought and hope somebody catches it <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Somebody yes. take that and do something. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, and I mean, if you think about a song, like there's like three major components to a song. You've got the, you have the content, you have the arrangement and you have the melody and our creatives were able to present, you know, this melody and like piece together this arrangement. But as far as content goes, like we've got some content people within our creative uh, pool, but but our pastors really came through on on a lot of the content and our creatives were able to take that and and run with it. And so it's this really cool marriage yep. of of content and creativity, um, neither sacrificing the other. You know, you've got like heavy content that you're trying to like maybe not be so heady, um, but then you got heavy creativity that you're trying to give some substance to. And so it's this really cool. Uh, like I love, I love our seasons of writing because I think it just sharpens the way that we think about the Bible. Do you have like a planned sit down time with these guys to write or is it kind of like you guys do it in a season and then run for a while and then do it in a season? Or is it like a regular, a regular reoccurring thing that you guys sit down and work on writing? Yeah. So we, we kind of have, I mean, we've, again, we've only been doing it for right at two years, but, yep. but we've settled into kind of this season of. Like we'll shovel coal and then we'll run for a bit and then we'll yep. shovel coal and then we'll run for a little bit. And so coal shoveling consists of writing the songs, putting together videos, um, just, you know, demoing songs, getting things ready to, to present. And then running is whether we're on the road or we're releasing songs or, or whatever it might be. We're actually, we're, we had a team night last night and, uh, we were just talking about entering into a new season of shoveling some more coal and writing some new songs and um, just piecing together teams to do that. And so, um, so that's, that's an exciting, exciting time because we also, at the same time, a lot of times while things are releasing is when you're, when you're shoveling coal uh, just kind of simultaneously, just because of the way that things overlap. Um, so we've got, some masters of songs that aren't going to release for another like five months just because of the nature of all the other things that are happening. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Gosh, that's so exciting. 
How would you respond to the the worship leader that's kind of feeling complacent or maybe in a rut when they're coming to write set lists? Um, you know, living in the same kind of body of songs and kind of like stuck with like I'm just kind of I have a I have my order of service and I can throw four songs in and and move on. Like what it's kind of help kind of speak some encouragement into that into that situation um and kind of help them in that in that moment. Cause we all we've all been there. Um, you're either in that season or you've been in that season. And um, so what would you say to that person? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly we all, we all go through that. And I think complacency is a result of a lot of things. Um, and so I, I can't speak to any specific, um, or I won't speak to a specific uh, category because I think, I think sometimes complacency is a, it's a product of laziness. Sometimes complacency is a product of, of a season of pain, um, and suffering. Um, but I do think in, in either case, and there, and there's certainly more, uh, cases, uh, I think, I think restoring the joy of your salvation is uh i really think that that's that's the key that's that's the bottom line yeah um reading the word asking the lord to restore that in you to rejuvenate your your heart for your people because the reality is like we are regurgitating just a bunch of the same songs there's there's seasons of cycling through songs um but the thing that i tell my team a lot especially in the summers when we're on the road and doing two sets a day for six days in a row, five days in a row. Uh, and then doing that every week for eight weeks, 10 weeks, like that's a lot. And, yeah. um, but the reality is every time, if, if you're picking rich songs, every time you interact with that song and you sing about the grace of God, you have experienced a new level of the grace of God. If you're, if you're still breathing, And I think, I think keeping your mind fixed on things above, like, I think there's a reason that Paul encourages the church of, of, uh, of Colossae to, to keep your minds fixed on the things above, because that's where your inheritance lies. And as you think about heaven and you think about the inheritance that, uh, in first Peter says, we're it's, it's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you by God's power. So he saved you and he sustained you. And he will sustain you until that's that's that that's united with you, the inheritance ahead. When you lose focus of that is when you shift your focus to the temporal um, trophies, the temporal rewards. And those are not those are not fulfilling. Mm. And so I, I think you have to fight to keep your mind fixed on uh, heaven and um, seek first the kingdom and trust that the other things will be added to you. Um, that can keep you out of the rut of complacency. And so the first question I would ask, given all of that is if someone's in a complacent season, I would say, how's your, how's your devotion life right now? What's that look like? Are you, are you prioritizing, um, your training and godliness your spiritual life? Are you, are you prioritizing your time in the word? Are you prioritizing your time in prayer? 
Um, and I'd probably work from there and ask more questions around that. But, um, if there's a complacency, a lot of times that's, that's the the start. And then in other times in some practical ways, complacency means they just haven't done a song diet in a while and they haven't like sought out new songs or they haven't tried to write new songs or just sat down at a piano to figure out new melodies or whatever. And so like, there's different ways to, to spark creativity, but there's also, I think that's, so you've got, you've got this complacency that's like spiritually related and you have this, the other side that ties into that. I think um, that could just be laziness of not, um, not looking for uh, new songs. I, I don't think you have to look at CCLI's top, top 20 songs to find it. I think sometimes you need to dig a little deeper and find new new people and new uh, bands. I think that's really exciting to find uh, new congregations who are writing stuff that's theologically rich and maybe people don't hear and they haven't heard yet. Um, so I don't, there was a lot in there, but. Oh no, um, it's good. This is yeah. all good. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so our podcast, um, our podcast is called the table and uh, I believe good conversation happens over good food. So big question here. <laughs> Okay. If I was coming over to the Perkins house for dinner, like what, what are you serving? What are, what's kind of your go-to thing when people come over? So, uh, we have a few things. We would probably give you an option. Okay. Um, and, uh, these, these options would include either spaghetti or breakfast tacos. I need more. I need more on that one. What are so so breakfast tacos consist of a scramble with sausage and uh, bell pepper, red pepper, onions. Okay. Um, so you, you chop all that up, you cook all that, and then you pour some eggs in there, and you make a little scramble. And then uh, we have this bacon that my wife will cut, and like instead of having a whole piece of bacon, she'll cut it, and make it half. Yep. And she'll pour uh, maple syrup on it and cook it so it's this is nice thick maple bacon that my wife cooks she's amazing the house um, smells amazing in the story the house yes. just <laughs> smells absolutely incredible it's really great in the fall because there's something about like maple and bacon and cool weather that's like makes me feel awesome yep i'll make some coffee and it'll be good coffee we won't settle for anything less than good coffee we can't do any of that folgers or maxwell house stuff or you know, it's consistent, but it's that consistency doesn't always mean good if it's consistently bad uh, or consistently inconsistent. It's just it is what it is. So we have really good coffee, the the sausage scramble, the maple bacon and some tortillas. And then on top of that. So like basically you have the tortilla, you put the maple bacon and then you put the scramble on top yep. and then you have either uh, homemade jelly typically blueberry or strawberry, or you can go with this like mango peach salsa that you put on top. Oh yeah. Drink that with a cup of good coffee. Oh, call that a day. You call the that leaves, a day. The leaves are changing. The wind, the, 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 the fall air. I see this. I'm That's in. right. That's right. If it's cool enough, you have a little fire in the, in the living room. You guys get all the colors in Tennessee with the, when the, when the, when the, when the fall, when the fall, when fall comes. That's, just, That's right. That's right. This is, we good. Do. this is real good. It's a good night. And then, I mean, you, you pair that with, with three very young, very much boy boys running around 
either shirtless or just in their undies going crazy. That's the Perkins house. The Perkin, <laughs> Megan calls it a, fr- a frat house. It just is what it is. That's who we are. Hey, own it. You got to own it. That's right. We'll, we'll own it. Yeah. Hey, how do we, uh, how do we connect with you? Tell us how we can connect with, uh, with, with you guys. Yeah. So for journey worship co, I mean, if you, if you have, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's just journey worship co. So at journey worship co Twitter, um, the handle is at journey worship C because it's too many characters. Uh, but if you type it in, you'll see us there. Um, YouTube, we have a YouTube channel with a bunch of videos on there. And then Spotify, you could you could find us there. Give us a follow there. Um, we have new music coming. We actually have a, a reimagined for kids record coming out in a couple of weeks. And awesome. then, and then um, we're releasing two brand new uh, Christmas songs. One in October, one in November. And then we're going to start releasing brand new music off of our uh, volume two live record in January. We'll release singles from January until about May when the record's going to drop. So a lot of new stuff happening. Um, and you can find it all there. Journey Worship Co. on any of the social platforms. And then all the music is out anywhere that you stream music. Love it. Hey, Brett, thanks so much for hanging out today. Thanks for yeah. uh, imparting your wisdom in the and the in the in the end of this conversation. We just uh, value all of that, and I um, it's it's good to hear. Uh, it's kind of good to connect and um, and just yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. This is, this is super fun. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week.